I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome back. It's my mate bought a toaster. This is the podcast that combines a life story with live hacking as I dive into my guest's Amazon account to find out more about them uh, and hopefully purchase shame them as well. And joining me this week, absolutely thrillingly, the wonderful, I mean, one of the nation's favourite broadcasters, it's Gabby Logan. Hello, Gabby. Oh, thank you very much for that lovely introduction. One of the favorite, nation's <laughs> favourites. I almost thought you were going to say oh. national treasure, but I know my status and that is not <laughs> national treasure. <laughs> At what point do we need to start talking national treasure? I think I think you're knocking on the door, Gabby. I really do. Well, I, I think Balding, she's national treasure. Um, yeah. Lineker, national treasure. But uh, no, I think uh, I think kind of I'm a few rungs down the ladder. But not because of status or talent, because of age. I think you've got to be over a certain age before the national treasure thing That's starts That's right. And what with Surely. me still being in my Surely. late 20s. Um, anyway. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, as soon as you're national treasure, you're too old. Uh, but but people people love you and people will be so excited. Uh, to, to, to know what I've bought on Amazon. Foolishly. <laughs> yeah, foolishly agreed to do this. I I'm so... Um, it, I should tell the listeners that uh, you have been... Uh, absolutely destroying my inbox with screen grabs. Well, you said to me Amazon that's not accounts. enough, and I said go, and you said go further back, and I said I can only go six months, and you said go to filter in a slightly passive aggressive way, I might say. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I did, I and then I realised I could go back decades. <laughs> well, as far as as far I, as the internet was invented, anyway. <laughs> It's it's amazing how far you can go back, and I should say, and this might be too much information, but I was looking at my phone whilst uh, in the toilet when you emailed me with that problem, and I walked out of the toilet and sighed, and my wife said, "What's going on?" I said, "Bloody Gabby Logan, just bloody Gabby." Logan. <laughs> She's just emailing Gabby Logan about her filters. She's just bombarding me with with pages. So then I had to screen grab everything and send you it, and obviously I could only get five yeah. or six items on a page. So um, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry about that. I just didn't feel completely comfortable. I mean, I've met you a few times, okay, but I didn't feel completely comfortable. Just handing my account over to you, you know, which is no, you're not the yeah, which is a bit no, weird because you're actually, people at Amazon I've never met ever, and they can get into my account. That's true. So, <laughs> Jeff, Be- you're happy to give Jeff Bezos your. I'm happy to work for Jeff Bezos. Never mind, pets. hand it over to him. I do shows yeah, for him on Amazon. You are. So yeah. yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we've got to stay strictly on message. Very. <laughs> we're going to do an Amazon positive episode this week. Um, so listen, Gabby, what we're going to do, we're going to go back first of all. And as we always do, we're going to, we're going to go to the beginning of your relationship with mm. uh, your Amazon account. And this uh, takes us back to 2008. Mm. Okay. Uh, now there's, there's all sorts of bits and bobs here. We've got an Olympic almanac, the complete book of the Olympics. Did you work out why there were um, so many books about the Olympics? Well, you were presumably that that obviously that's an Olympic year, but you bought them in June, so just before the right. Olympics, so what right? I was doing was gemming up on stuff ahead of Beijing that summer. 
I, I obviously okay. I, I looked at it and thought, why have I got so many books on China? <laughs> and, yeah, then, yes. and then I realised I was going out to Beijing a few months uh, hence. So yeah. How important is it that you that you do bone up on these things? Because there's only a certain distance that uh, enthusiasm and the obvious love you have for all of the sports that you cover gets you, right? There has to be a point where you've got a lot of good info and intel ready yeah, to go. Yeah. And I was an, a massive Olympic fan. That was my first ever Olympics because I'd moved to the BBC in 2007. And I'd been to an Olympic Games to watch in 92 and I'd watched every other Olympics on the telly and I absolutely love the Olympics. It was, it's kind of the thing that got me into sport in 1984, I'd say, when I was um, 11 years old and I got hooked on the LA Olympics. But um, that was an Olympic... Oh, there you go. That's That that noise <laughs> is my um, door. So my husband will be opening... I just saw a red post van driving down the drive. So that, that'll be the post van delivering something. So if you hear that again, I mean, lovely listeners, that's... Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it is your Amazon delivery driver and we can have some live parcel unwrapping. We'll do that later. Um, so, so I, I, to, in answer to your question, it, it was, that was exceptional, I think, because it was my first Olympics. I felt like I had to know everything about every Olympics ever. And, and I've, I was really kind of keen to impress my bosses at the BBC and my colleagues that I was not coming at this, you know, without, um, buckets of enthusiasm and knowledge. So then what happens is, of course, you do an Olympic Games and you realise the kind of things you really need to know going into it and the kind of things that you, you know, would be useful to have as kind of, you know, that kind of rotor deck of knowledge that's somewhere back in the brain, you know, not necessarily the stuff that's happened that day. Um, so yeah. um, probably slightly more relaxed heading into London 2012 when I've been at the BBC for a bit longer. Yeah. I mean, the London 2012. So at that point in 2008, we knew London 2012. We'd mm. got the bid, hadn't we? Because we won it yeah, in 2007. Yeah, 2007 we won it, yeah. Yeah. So, so you must have been like the, the sense of, of lead up to that. Because, you, I mean, you, you sowed yourself into the national consciousness over several years. But with 2012 especially, because I can remember so clearly, my first child had just arrived. He had colic. I was up every single night watching you doing that live show every night. And it was... It's like a, such a big part of our national history. And there you are at the front of it. How, that's, a, what an amazing moment. Uh, that show was a, a career kind of dream, you know, like I was, I was 39 for those Olympics and worked in broadcasting since I was, well, if I go back to university, I've been working since I was about 19, but in television, mm. probably since 20, the age of 22, sports television. And that, to, you know, was just an absolute dream because they were the shows that I grew up on, you know, and, and devoured. And I think they became more and more sophisticated over the years. And the BBC, I think whatever you, you know, whatever it's knockers might say, those big set piece events, it does very, very well. And, and the craft yeah. that goes into the filmmaking and the storytelling and, and what happens at an Olympics as well is you draw on the very best commentators across a panoply of sports. So you're not, you know, people that don't necessarily invade your living room on a week to week basis because, you know, they're doing sports that aren't football. So, you know, these great voices that you think, oh yes, that's the voice of equestrian sport. Oh yeah. He did the, you know, <laughs> he did the, um, yes. the, 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 um, the bowls at the Commonwealth Games. I know that voice. So, yeah. um, so you work with these incredible people and to do a show like that where the booker who was booking our guests every night absolutely knocked it out of the ballpark because we didn't just have people who were relevant that day, you know, the gold and silver medalist from that day. We had people like Olga Corbett and Carl Lewis and, you know, these incredible heroes of, of, of my childhood and many people's growing up, you know, coming in, kind of peppering the set. And so um, it was honestly, I I didn't say this till a few years afterwards when I made sure that I'd, you know, that I had been paid, but I would have done it for free. Um, it was, <laughs> it's the kind of job that you just, you look back now and think, I knew at the time it was special. But, you know, I still look back yeah. thinking, oh my God, it's eight years ago. And I still feel like I was so privileged to do it. 
And what about the pressure of it? Because when you're doing Beijing in 2008, obviously the Olympics is a big sporting moment, but but our Olympics in 2012, that was a big moment for the nation yeah. and you're right at the front and centre of it. So do, do you, I mean, come on, this is a crap question, Tom, you can do better than this, but in terms of nerves, <laughs> in terms of the pressure, in terms of, in terms of feeling most things, the weight of that. I would say, I still get, you know, when I do things like spotty, you get a frisson of nerves. As soon as you've done your first link and it's gone well, you're into it, you know? Yeah. And I think with that show, once I got night one out of the way and I, and I knew how it was going to work out and I knew the mechanics of it and the producer and I worked, you know, he would be in the office. We'd go on air at 10-ish most nights, quarter past 10 till about midnight. And we'd be in the office from, I would get in early afternoon because I kind of felt 12 hours was a long enough shift when you're doing it 18 days in a row. He would be in probably about nine in the morning. We wouldn't be getting to bed till three. And so we were working these really long days um, and the energy just kind of had to be consistent. You know, you've got to keep that going for for 18, 19 days, however long to, it's like, it's just over two weeks, the Olympics. And because it bookends, it it has three weekends in it, if you like. And so you can't afford to be nervous every night because that's too much energy wasted, you know, and nervousness and that kind of adrenaline really takes it out of you. And so you've got to kind yeah, of pace yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and also I think you just, by that point I'd done my 10,000 hours, you know, I've done my, my miles on the bike and, you know, whatever you want to, what analogy you want to use. I've done a lot of live telly. So that part of it wasn't mm. scary. It was just making sure as you rightly put it, that you're bringing this to people's living rooms, you know, and you're giving them the, the days kind of roundup and all these guests and you want to just make it as, as cracking as you possibly could. So, and we've got these fantastic audiences in London. We were every day in the office, you know, they'd be saying, oh my God, this many millions watched last night. And this, you know, so you knew people were, <laughs> and I'd get weird texts from people that never watch sport saying things to me, you know, so I, so I knew that this was an, a national kind of event. The whole Olympics was obviously, but it was, the nation was watching, the nation was with us. And we were giving people such choice as well. You know, we like, at one point we had about 24 streams going of different sports. So it, it was yeah. as a broadcasting entity, you know, it was a, a thing, a real, and you know what? We didn't win a BAFTA. <laughs> we looked, really, we, what the hell? The whole, the whole Olympic Games was put forward for a BAFTA that year. And we, we joked afterwards and said, we'll never win a BAFTA. <laughs> if we can't win it for the Olympic Games in 2012, we're never going to get there. Nice. So, um, yeah, but I did, you know what? Awards schmords. That doesn't matter. Come on. Come on. Come on. Gavin and Stacey was really good. It did deserve We weren't up against them. On. I wouldn't mind Come that. On. I mean, being, you know. So what were you up against? Were you up against other sports? Well, Is that how it works? the Paralympics one. So, um, oh, that's yeah, good. That's good. so yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, it, it was a tough old year, it was a tough old year. <laughs> um, but even Super Saturday wasn't enough to swing it. But, um, but I think from a, from a personal satisfaction point of view, you know, you just get to the end of something like that and you feel absolutely elated, you know, to, have, to have been part of it and, and to look back and think that that was truly, truly special. Yeah, you've got that. That's in the bank. That's done. Um, I mean, this has to be similar to another item which you bought in 2008. And in fact, you bought, this is very telling, Gabby, uh, eight copies of Strictly Come Dancing, the official <laughs> annual. Any reason why you might have bought eight copies? Because the year before, um, we were in it, my husband and I, uh, Kenny. So um, I, th- I think they would have been very good presents. And, you know, people are always asking me, for things 
for auctions or for charities. And as yet, I haven't actually managed to get a book completed and published. I can't give them a book. Um, I don't know what they're expecting from me. I don't have a big box of tickets in my office for the world's sporting events that I can give them, you know, contrary (laughs) to popular opinion. I've got an uncle who, bless him, rings me almost every couple of years, bang on the dot and asks me if I can get Ryder Cup tickets. And, you know, every year I disappoint him. But um, (laughs) I go, well, having never worked on golf, um, (laughs) um, I did meet Lee Westwood once, but um, it, so Amazing. I don't have much to give. So I thought, oh, these books would be brilliant to give people, you know, kids and kind of people that ask for them for charities and stuff. Hence, I wasn't being an egomaniac. I didn't have a copy in it. Uh, yeah, well, okay, this one is, in the toilet. You've really <laughs> twisted that. I was really hoping that we could find out the truth about the egomaniac, Gabby Logan. And instead, it turns out you're buying it for the kids. Typical. Yeah, typical. there you go. Okay, okay. Uh, so Strictly, that, so was it 2007 you were on it or 2008 you were on it? Uh, 2007 we were on it. So it would have come out in 2008 because we did it. Um, Kenny, Kenny went on the tour, actually. I'm such a lovely wife. Yeah. I mean, he, like, we'd done this intense show. He lasted lots longer than me. And then he said, Oh, I fancy going on the tour. They want, you know, they wanted both of us. And I said, We can't both go on the tour. And he was like, Right, well, I'll go. <laughs> so, Later, slam. Yeah. See ya. Hang on, why oh. are you taking your golf clubs? What? <laughs> yeah. Here, hold a baby. He was just getting addicted yeah. to the spray tans, I think, by that point. Couldn't let them go. And, hey, you know, you can't go wrong with the spray tan. Oh, the thing I love about the spray tan, the smell of biscuits. All spray tans smell I of biscuits. I actually quite like the smell of false tan. I don't I mm. I do. I quite like it. Because I'm not a I'm not a tanner. I've got red skin. I haven't got I haven't even got pale white and interesting kind of, you know, that kind of porcelain skin. I've just got red skin. So I don't Celtic skin. Celtic I've skin. I've got proper yeah. Celtic skin. I'm just I'm just a yeah, I'm just too. a, a, gene, a half a gene away, I think, from having red hair. And so I would be the the last person to tan on any holiday. So I just go I go browner than I come home generally, because I go really tanned up <laughs> with a fake tan and then I, and then and then it drops <laughs> off every day. And then by the end of it, I'm I'm pretty much back to my natural colour. <laughs> you come back from all those pale, white <laughs> yeah. as a sheet. So so Kenny's naffed off to go on tour. So this station 2008, because you've got twins, haven't you? Yeah, they would have been th- so, up to three. I, see, I know you've got twins because my mum is a twin and my mum has got an encyclopedic knowledge of Everybody every single else. person who has... What is this twin club thing? She literally, she sees you on the TV and she goes, she's got twins. I'm like, well, but, how do you, you know what? I, do you I know what things? your mum, I know what, exactly what she's on about because... I am in that club now, obviously, and you you kind of have this affinity, I think, with people who've gone through that. <laughs> you feel, I know what happened to you. I know what for two years was going on in your brain. Not a lot. Um, I know how much sleep yeah. you had. Not a lot. Um, and yeah. that whole experience, especially when it's your first children, when you don't know any, well, in one way you don't know any different, which is lovely because you can't compare it to, you know, oh, when we only had one. On the other hand, it is just this baptism of fire. Um, so I remember coming away from Heathrow once with, with Reuben and Lois, they're the twins. It was about, um, it was probably that summer, actually. And they, we'd had a terrible flight. It was only Mallorca, but we'd been on the tarmac right. for about two hours before we took off, which was enough for them. They were finished <laughs> oh, by that point. Oh, and then they awful. just, and yeah, I had, yeah. we were wrestling with them like bears. They were sat on our laps kind of, you know, just trying to, and it's exhausting. You know, you're just, obviously you're not letting them run around or anything. Um, one passenger got a bit irate with me and, you know, for no reason, because I said, keep your kids. I said, I'm not doing anything. I'm not reading oh, hello please. and drinking champagne. I'm just holding him. Anyway, um, we oh. walked out of the airport and we must have looked like we'd just come, you know, landed from Baghdad or something. Our hair was all over the place. We looked disheveled. And this guy was walking with these gorgeous teenagers. He was about, these kids were about 15. And he said, 
don't worry. One day they end up like this. And he was quite smug, but I kind of got it because <laughs> mm. these kids, these yeah. kids look really glossy and lovely. And like, there we were. And he knew that I had <laughs> twins and these were obviously twins, but I'm now the mother of 15 year old twins. So I know what he means. And um, you get there. I Well, I've got the five and the eight year old. I'm still in that status at the oh. moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the tipping point. I'm the tipping point where I almost start to, almost start to miss when they were young. Really yeah. young, but I definitely don't still. Oh no, I do. I, I, I flick through my phone and pine over photos. I love them now. It's a brilliant stage, but um, yeah, yeah, I just, wish I'd had 18 of them. <laughs> I wish I had a conveyor just, belt coming through, but that's... Listen, Gabby, if you want to borrow mine, <laughs> you are absolutely two two boys who are bouncing off the walls. And if, this, if there's another lockdown, we are doomed. I'm, I am padding the <laughs> that walls. That was that's the, the only one answer. thing about lockdown I almost became evangelical about. I was every day going, thank God they're 50. Because my son has suddenly yeah. got it when it comes to his schoolwork, right? So things are just working for him now. His brain has just clicked into gear. The penny's dropping. And during homeschooling, he was an absolute joy. He was brilliant. Two years before, and I think Kenny and I might be somewhere being kept at Her Majesty's pleasure right now, because (laughs) he just was a nightmare, you know, to to, to deal with, with regard to homework and anything. So I am, I'm totally, I have massive empathy for you. Almost to the point where if we do lock down, I might move in and help out. That's how close. Oh, please. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Why are you you getting the spare room ready, darling? Logan's moving in. Got Logan. She's on the way. Ooh, I don't want to hear no more crying. Just come on, let me know what you've been buying. We're jumping to 2016 is when I got the next bunch of incredible <laughs> emails from you uh, with all sorts of stuff on here. And again, you do this thing every time my guests come on this show, they say, oh, I don't know why you want me on this. I've got nothing interesting. It's deathly dull. And I just look at it and I'm like, why? What's been going? What's been- so look, the 3rd of December, 2016, jumping to the end of the year, the 22017 tennis calendar. Is that for you, Gabby? Do you like, do you no, like looking at a tennis no. player? Although What's I did. I did have a penchant for tennis players. Oh, really? Who's your? Who's the tennis player you find? That's it, because my first crush was on Jennifer Capriati, but we'll move on. Oh, well, actually, if we're doing if we're doing kind of girl crushes, then it, oh, Steffi Graf and Gabby Sabatini. I remember watching them play once at Wimbledon when I was about yeah. 18, and I was yeah. blown away. And then I saw... <laughs> Uh, Steffi in the flesh in the 92 Olympics we were on some escalators and I passed her and I was just oh my god she's incredible she's like this just she was such a hero of mine and then spool forwards about 20 years I went to um, Las Vegas to interview Andre Agassi at his school he's, he's built a school in Vegas which has got an incredible um, record for bringing kids through who don't normally graduate through you know to graduate from high school and she turned up and sat next to him during the interview just because she wanted to not because she was actually being asked to and um, and I could hardly speak so uh, but from the male perspective I um you know I had a had a boyfriend who was a good tennis player um so I, I did I did enjoy the sport and I played a lot when I was a kid hence the Steffi Graf kind of crush but um did you? that that, yeah, that would be quite sad though in 2016 to still be buying calendars of tennis players no <laughs> my husband Kenny's godson is an excellent tennis player okay. and um so he's easy to buy for because for, for birthdays and Christmas you just buy him anything tennis related and he's playing for Scotland actually he's about 13 he plays and he's from Dunblane so he could be the next great thing out what? of Dunblane I know um that's amazing so does Judy Murray does, is she still involved with coaching at that level or she he's got he's got some cracking pictures of him and Judy together you know him holding trophies up over his head and stuff but um uh, Judy does have a tennis school up there that he's been to a couple of times, but he's yeah. he's now kind of 
coming over the border, as they say, and competing in England for Scotland at his age group. Um, so, yes, okay. to okay. be encouraged. It's amazing how sport, sport pulses through your veins, doesn't it? Ex-boyfriends, nephews, even your husband, obviously. It's incredible. I know. I'd love to tell you that, you know, I, I once went out with um, the lead singer of, you know, some kind of very cool <laughs> band. But uh... <laughs> Do you know what? It's weird you say that. I once had a producer on the radio uh, who, she just finished producing me after working with me for a year. And the last thing she said to me was, by the way, I never t- got to tell you about when I used to go out with the lead singer of the Kooks. And then she left the room. I was like, Zoe, yeah, what? Don't tell me that. Um, so uh, interestingly, you're talking about Steffi Graf and, mm. and Andre Agassi. Um, the Andre Agassi story, I mean, that's a whole different podcast. What a fascinating story, how much he loathed tennis. Oh, and one the of the, one of the best. I, if anybody is not interested in sport, but you want to read a brilliant biography, his book Open is incredible. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, t- tell me about... Uh, the sort of the starstruck element. So, so you suddenly see Steffi Graf appearing, sitting down next to you. Because the thing is, I don't want to be. If you are in- interviewing people, and I've interviewed a few famous people in my time, and I don't want to be cold and think, oh well, whatever. I'm meeting like Gwen Stefani, who I interviewed last year, and I completely blew my 16 year old out of the water because I couldn't believe um, I was in- I was meeting her. So it's weird because you want to have this balance where you're still quite excited, but at the same time, you've got to stay cool. Yeah, be yeah right. How yeah. do you do that? Um, well, with her, because I was prepared to interview Andre and not her, um, you know, so it was it was easy to kind of actually she was she was there almost as a fan of his. I mean, she looks at him like he's Aww. the most incredible thing in the world. You know, when you catch somebody just looking at their partner in a, in this glowing, beautiful, uh, you know, so actually it was easy to weave her in, in that sense, because we were talking about the success of the school, but I, I did kind of stop myself from saying, do you know how much I loved you? <laughs> and then my sister lives in Las Vegas. She was in Cirque du Soleil and my sister was, um, after she finished being in the shows, she does a bit of modeling and stuff. And she was, her daughter was asked to, my sister's daughter was asked to go along and dance in this commercial she was involved with. And she, my sister was sat watching the, the take of this commercial and realized the woman next to her was Steffi Graf, whose daughter no. was also in the same dancing scene as my niece. And my, that my, is so weird. And my sister did this kind of like, Oh my God. And she said to one of the other mums, that's Steffi Graf. And this mum said, who's Steffi Graf? <laughs> my sister was like, oh God, you're so ignorant. <laughs> and, uh, and so she kind of rang my sister knowing that, you know, I adored her. My sister rang me. She was like, oh my God, I had a good chat with Steffi today. I was like, if you get invited that's... around for tea, I will be really jealous. That's... <laughs> but she was there. Steffi was there as dancer's mum, dancer number three's mum, which I just love the idea that, you know, Steffi Graf, superhero tennis player, is, is sitting yeah. watching a, a commercial for some cereal being made as dancer's mum. What an image. Yeah. What an image. And do you know what? Of all the things she's done, probably her proudest moment. <laughs> That's what happens with yeah, kids. They Whatever just, they do. They blow like, everything else out of the water, don't they? Everything do, else that you've ever do. done. Hello, my name's Beth Murray, and if you'd like to hear funny people talk about giving birth, then have I got the podcast for you. Poor Richard, he made the <laughs> schoolboy <laughs> error of standing up to see the baby while I was on the operating table, and I think that's really not recommended. <laughs> you were scarred for life, he was scarred for life. In the latest series of One Torn Every Minute, a whole labour ward of new guests tell me their birth stories in hilarious and graphic detail. Gas and air can suck my... That's One Torn Every Minute, available now on all good podcast platforms. I suppose you wouldn't do it at all, would you, if you really thought about it? 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Sometimes you gotta spice up your life in the bedroom. How about you go online and buy a sexy costume? Love it at this age is not to be doom and gloom. We've got a good one here. San, uh, 15th of December 2016, the Santa costume. <laughs> it's a Christmas Christmas cheap budget, obviously trying to save on the pounds there, uh, Gabby. Which, which um, year was that? 2017? Um, yes. 2016. 2016. Um, well, it would yeah. have been Kenny, obviously, because um, I've got oh. little nieces and nephews. And we try, when, you know, when mine, obviously, if there are kids listening to this, um, uh, some mm, people, yeah. some people say that Santa Claus might, you know, not be real. Yeah. Um, Who are those people? I don't know, they? but um, obviously, yeah. when we we're not convinced that he might miss us out for whatever reason, you know, COVID and things like that, we get our own costumes, <laughs> and um, and so Kenny's very good at um, at doing all of that. I, I, that year, I would think I was trying to persuade him to buy a sledge, but he just kind of wasn't going to full <laughs> hog. There was one embarrassing. You can't. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but it's not on there. It wouldn't be on there because I bought it from Anne Summers. I decided to buy. Mrs. Claus outfit one year and I came down on Christmas Eve with my mother-in-law who's 89 she's about 87 there in this Mrs. Claus outfit um, with a pair of over-the-knee boots and my and her face was just like it was worth it for her face and then I proceeded to open all my Christmas presents dressed as Mrs. Claus um, which um, <laughs> my mum thought was hilarious my mother-in-law Scottish 89 year old not as much but you know Oh wow! Wow! That My daughter found it when image. she was about nine, and she went, "What is this?" <laughs> Nothing. Come in here. Go. Why is it all rubbery? No reason. Come on. That's... I bought it in Westfield. I thought if anybody sees me going into Anne Summers Westfield and buying a Mrs. Claus outfit, you know. <laughs> but now it's a long, long lot of water under the bridge. So. Yeah, it's fine. Also, if if lockdown happens over Christmas this year, I'm ready. Get up to the loft. See if it's still there. Exactly. <laughs> Great. I mean, already we've got our headline, Gabby Logan shops at Ann Summers. <laughs> Superb. That's that done. I mean, we can probably knock it it's on a the brand head relationship I've been trying to cultivate for years. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, they never reply to my emails. So uh, 2017, I mean, this is pr- presumably a pretty important part of your life. Now in 2017, you're, lots of record cards, acrylic index box, ruled index cards. Now, is this for the kids revising or is this for you preparing? Yeah. Do you know what that would be? That would be 13 plus. The oh kids, no, um, yeah. Um, and although you see, my daughter gets it from me because she would have seen my index boxes and my organizational uh, yes. tools. She's like, she's inherited my love of stationery. And um, so she she's unbelievably organized. She has files upon, you know, she said, I need some more box files. How many box files have you got? Are you selling, a sh- have you selling these online? Or have you got, a, you know, a shop at school? Because she's, my son, 
one box pile will do him for the whole of his education. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how does that happen? You're both you're the same age, you're doing almost the same GCSEs. Yeah. How come you've got loads of paper and you appear to have nothing? But um, yeah, it just shows you there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, an educational cat. Uh, well, yeah, I th- the the passion. I mean, that would be a great biology lesson, wouldn't it? Right, kids. Today we are skinning. <laughs> no, please. Um, <laughs> I I just think that the the passion for stationery. I was in charge of the stationery cupboard when I was eleven years old at school. It was a job oh. I was given uh, every break, every Monday. They'd open the stationery sort of shop, and I was in charge yeah. of it. And I. Not ashamed to tell you, Gabby. I nicked a lot of stuff. I stole a lot of stuff. Just brand new exercise. The, the brand new exercise, but the touch <gasps> of that paper. The smell. Oh, the smell. You flick through it. Oh, and they don't really use exercise books like that now, my kids. And I and I think the world's poorer for it. Or our house is certainly poorer for it. I'm poorer for it because I have to keep buying more index cards. That's for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like I like um I like her being organized it kind of appeals to that that side of me my i have to look they've got this room i call the homework room which is kind of next to their bedroom and it's they've got they share a desk in it and on one side her stuff his on the other and his side i can't look at it it almost like it sends me a little bit like it gives me my stomach flips and i think oh i just want to go in and reorganize it all but it's not my job <laughs> it's not my job no it really isn't it's over to them now over to them now they're 15 yeah, over to them i know um, here we go. Here's an interesting one. Uh, aid for falling asleep quickly. Sleep soundly melatonin. Now, is this for, uh, for travelling or is this, do you struggle with your sleep? Yeah, I love a bit of melatonin. I love a bit of melatonin. I don't struggle, but I do like magnesium um, oh. before I go to bed. And I'm not sure, because you can take magnesium at any time of day, apparently, but I take it before I go to bed and it does... It's not so much the staying asleep. It's just sometimes a restless mind, you know, getting off to sleep. Yeah. And I find magnesium helps, but um, those melatonin we can't really buy in the UK. Um, and you can't buy anything strong anyway. You get a little bit into certain sleep remedies. Right. Um, whenever in America, I buy a bit of melatonin because it does, if you're traveling <laughs> through different time zones, yeah. it does help a lot. Um, I find, I mean, I do, I do a lot of, well, in normal times. <laughs> Remember yeah. when we used to go on planes? I oh, yeah, used to I know do, the ones. yes, I used to do quite a lot of long haul for, for the, for the job, obviously. Mm. And, um, it does kind of get you into the local time zone quicker, I feel. Um, it might be psychosomatic. I did check with the doctor just to make sure that, you know, you can take uh, melatonin fairly, you know, regularly without it having any side effects. It doesn't, that's the thing. It doesn't have any side effects. You don't feel groggy or rubbish the next day. So yeah. What, so why, yeah. why is it banned over here then? Because it's too, people can get addicted to it or what? What's I don't know. No, no, you can't. I mean, you just, the thing about melatonin as well, it's not like you could take, you know, if you took a whole um, jar of it, you're not going to, yeah, OD or any, you know, you're not going to kind of kill yourself. So no. I don't know why, um, why it it's is, but we have got some, America is a lot, obviously you can buy a lot more over the counter in America, can't you? Than you, yes. than you can here. Yes. Um, you can buy a lot more over the counter in Thailand. Have you ever bought anything in a Thai pharmacist? I, Jesus. Finally, we get to talk about Thai pharmacists. I've been desperate to talk about this. No. What happened, tell me what happens well, in we a Thai on, pharmacist. We were on our way to the airport and we've been in Thailand with the kids and um, I felt like Lois was coming down with something. I thought, oh, here we go. You know, 12 yeah. hour flight. I think she was about seven and I needed to sleep because I think I was going straight off to work literally from the airport. So um, I I thought I need to get her something that is, you know, is going to help her. She had a cold or something. I went into this pharmacist, the driver said, oh, here, this is a good one. And it was like, if you imagine a sweet shop, an old fashioned sweet shop with loads of jars, except in these jars were drugs. And the woman behind the counter was rattling. She was shaking. I don't know. She'd been. She'd obviously been eating the produce, and she. She. Her eyes were like saucers. I'm like, oh my god, what is she on? And um, I'll have some of she, that, please. Yeah. 
And so she gave me something. And then I thought to myself, can I really trust this woman to give me something for my child? You know, so the, 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 the guy came in who was driving as an interpreter and said, oh, this is like, um, it was like, uh, what was it? They calpulled that type thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then she said, and I was going to start doing a Thai accent then that would have ended my career. Absolutely don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not your agent, Debbie. It's your decision. But so far, we've talked about Anne Summers, the fact you deal melatonin, and now we're going to hear your, your Thai accent. Brilliant. And, uh, and she, she basically said, have some of these uh, if you're going on a flight. They're really good for, you know, getting you off to sleep. And um, But she put, only put three of them inside this brown paper. And I showed Kenny in the car and he said, as soon as we get to the airport, Gabby, you're putting those in the bin. And then he said, this is Thailand. We're flying out of Bangkok. Are you an idiot? I was like, okay. So I never did got to try out these sweets that she was trying to peddle to me. I think they were about three pence each as well. So, but it was extraordinary. I thought there's clearly hardly any licensing here. (laughs) It's just Just like- Just head out there and get what you need. Yeah, just take this. The irony was we got into the airport and this guy was being arrested. Um, for having stuff on him, an English guy in front mm. of us. The kids thought this was amazing because because he he just kept talking about a full moon party he'd been to <laughs> at the top of his voice. And the kids were going, what's that? What's that? Because a full moon party does sound quite exciting to an eight-year-old, doesn't it? Too right. So, um, get on the plane, yeah. darling. Get on the plane. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, getting arrested uh, in, in <laughs> We'd had a lovely family holiday, all ended in a bit but, of a drug squirmish at the airport. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I just keep seeing headlines flashing past me while we're doing this podcast. Um, isn't interesting? Interesting one, Gabby. 30th of May, 2017, right? Mm. 24, 24 of them, mind, egg box labels, personalised, personalised egg box labels. What's, what, is this some sort of side hustle you've got here? We, we, we had our chickens, right? We've got six chickens and um, we realised very quickly, these were prolific chickens. Some of them were laying two a day right. and we just couldn't get through. At this at this very point that we acquired our chickens, Lois decided she could no longer eat eggs. And I've never had fussy eaters, don't tolerate them. But at that age, when she was kind of, what would she have been, 12? It wasn't like she was, you know, kind of denying all foods. She just went, I don't want eggs anymore. I don't like eggs at breakfast time. Okay, right. fine. That's one person out of the loop, right? Yeah. Now, I don't want eggs every day. Kenny and Ruben probably don't want eggs every day. So suddenly we had an egg mountain uh, in the fridge and I hate the idea of throwing anything away and I've got lovely neighbours. So the the first idea was, of course, uh, you know, Kenny being uh, kind of slightly more entrepreneurial type was right, right, one of the kids needs to start a business and and they need to sell the eggs. And I said, could we not just give them away to our nice neighbours? No. Uh, So they were going to sell the eggs and then very quickly he realised that his children weren't quite as energised by the, the prospect of having an egg empire as he was. So um, I just started giving them away to people. I'd go, you know, it's a nice thing actually, when you go around for somebody's house for coffee or for dinner, you know, yeah. those days when we used to go around to each other's houses. I can't I remember keep... them. I've heard of them. Yeah. They're just a myth now. And just to take the eggs in. And so we quite like the idea of having personalised boxes. I don't want to tell you what happened to the chickens. Oh, I now need to hear. What I, was, I wasn't going to ask what happened to the chickens. What happened? Not a fox. I loved having the chickens. Yeah. Um, How many did you have? Six. Right. So you had six chickens. uh, And we still had six at the end when they finally had to leave us. But what happened was, um, the the, the beauty of having chickens is you can give them all your leftover food. Again, it's another waste thing, right? So nothing goes to waste. And you're then eating your own leftovers, which I quite like. And they were happy chickens. And we built them a brilliant coop and run. And it was really high. And we had no foxes where we live. Um, So that was was great. I'm getting that Um, feeling in my stomach. I've got a terrible (laughs) feeling about this story. Well, then we started getting rats. And um, yeah, and like big mothers, you know. And one summer's evening, we were sat out enjoying a little glass of rosé or something. And this giant thing kind of walked very casually across 
the, the terrace in a way that was just too much swagger for my liking. And, I, <laughs> and I, I'm not a big rat fan. You know, it's no. the one thing on I'm a Celebrity that I think I'm not sure I could be buried with the rats. That Everything oh, else, no. fine. Yeah. And I said to Kenny, I'm sorry. I said this because he'd done everything he could. You know, he's an ex-farmer. He'd done everything he could to try and get rid of these rats. And I said, I think it's the chickens that are going to have to go because I can't, they, they're too close to the house now, these rats. Yeah. And um, and so we took them to this place in Oxford, where Oxfordshire, where you um, where chickens can just roam around and have a nice time. And right, sure. Is this what it. you told the kids? Is this sounds no, like they've did. gone to a we very happy farm did. in Oxford? Sure, sure, we sure, sure. Kenny's idea was because we live in the country, we should just release them. I said, what? They just wander <laughs> around. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that's kind of, I feel like, you know, I had a little bit of an idea when we moved out here that we'd have a bit of the good life. And that was the day yeah. where I felt like we'd really failed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the arrival of the rats. That's always I've still got a, about 15 of those boxes as well. <laughs> What you need to do, just buy a load of eggs, pop them in the personalised boxes and people will uh, still get the lovely vibes. Genius. There genius. you go. 2019 now, the year before uh, the world basically stopped. And I must say, these are my favourite screen grabs because this is the point when you fail, you couldn't work out how to do a screenshot on your computer. So you started taking pictures of your computer with your phone, which I loved. I didn't know how to do that at one point. And now I can't work out why I can't do it anymore. I didn't have the patience to sit and try and work it out. So um, one day I will, but not not what? not for you, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. No, quite right. Too. Yeah, yeah, quite. None taken. None taken at all. Um, but, you know, I can still see what you've been buying. Uh, we've got some, what have we got here? November 2019, uh, the 400 ml wood grain essential oil diffuser. Are you in a, into your essential oils, Gabby Logan? Uh, Lois wanted essential oils for Christmas last oh, year. And okay. um, and then I, I did, I loved the smell of her bed bedroom. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll have one for my office. I was burning really expensive candles in my office when I was working because I do like a nice fragrance. And mm. oh, there's somebody else arriving. Oh. So I thought a diffuser is a more... Chickens are back. Yes. <laughs> is a more economical way of doing it. Um, but I, I had a disaster with it, actually. It just kept leaking all over the place. And I never managed Oof. to make my... Whenever I go to anybody else's house, they seem to get diffusers working. I just seem to have... A, I don't seem to have a very... I love essential oils, though, in answer to your question. And you know the old traditional ones that you just... Like you put a little tea light on top and you just burn them underneath. That, that That's all yes. I need. Yeah, I do yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, um, I use them for other stuff as well. Like you put them into creams and things. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, I associate it with kind of like the only essential oil uh, I'm sort of aware of is like the lavender thing. Like my sister-in-law is obsessed. Yeah, she puts lavender everywhere, but it sort of makes her house smell a bit like an old people's home. Yeah, no offence to those lavender's lovely places. Lavender's not my favourite, yeah. actually. No. I like the kind of woodier things, you know, that yeah. smell a little bit. Um, I like the idea that um, that that my house smells like we might have just had a fire. I don't mean my house has burnt down. I mean, we might, <laughs> we might have just had a fire on somewhere. You know, that kind of lovely smell of... Um, yes. burning wood. I love it when I get out of the car sometimes. I've been running around the kids around on a Sunday in November from sport and I get out of the car and I can smell that everybody on the road has got their fires on. You know that? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, oh, it's such yes. a lovely, yeah. It's very, I, I love the seasons, don't you? Like, I love the fact that in this country we definitely have an autumn and we definitely have, you know, winter and we definitely have a spring. I, I don't, I wouldn't like to live somewhere where it all no. kind of, it was always 20 degrees. You know? Absolutely not. My friends who, I've, a couple of my friends have moved to LA over the years and they all just come rushing back, uh, ma- mainly through not having enough talent to survive out there, but also, 
they claim it's the lack of seasons that brings yeah. them back. Sure, 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 sure. Those yeah. meetings dried up. Those meetings yeah. dried up. But I, I, I couldn't agree more. I This time of year now, we're recording this in October and it is, we're going to, well, lockdown pending. We're hoping to go to Cornwall next week. And everyone's always like, why would you go away in October, November? And I'm like, it's the best yeah, time of I was year. in Cornwall uh, last October half term, just for a couple of days. But oh, it, it was terrible. The weather was terrible, but the sea, the kids love being in the sea, even when it looks like they're about to be kind of dragged out to the USA. And I'm going, yeah. come on, guys, come back in a bit closer. Please don't die. Please don't die. Um, here's, here's a good one. This links into the seasons neatly as well. And I suspect this is professional because I've used these on set many, many times. 18th of November, the Hot Hands Insole oh. Foot Warmers. I need I need a contract with this company because I think I'm <laughs> keeping them afloat. I um my family tease me massively. In fact, as I speak to you right now, I should have been in Scotland on SAS Who Dares Wins. And um were it not for the fact that I wasn't able to quarantine because I was doing the London Marathon for the BBC, I, I would be there. And I would and I my family was so thrilled that I couldn't do it. Not because they'd miss me, but because they all feared that because I get so cold. They said, Mom, you're just you're not going to be able to do it. And and we know they're all like, look, we know you're hard as nails. You don't need to prove it to us. <laughs> they were going, but they were all really worried about um how cold I get when I work on OBs and stuff, you know, and I'm standing around for eight hours. So those things, those foot warmers and those hand warmers are a lifeline. I just, it's I go the through like hands. Oh, cold. There's nothing worse than cold hands. You can't think when your hands are cold. No. And then and once, once they get cold on an OB, like if you know the marathon, I was on air for eight and a half hours on air. So I couldn't what? go anywhere. Hang yeah, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you were, that that's Inverdale levels of broadcasting. Well, that's, we, that's I, had, off- I was in rehearsal from six. We were on air at seven and we came off yeah. air at three 30 and we did not, and because it wasn't a normal marathon, I couldn't go in, like normally I can go off for about an hour in the middle of the day. I couldn't leave right. the set because at all, because um, we never knew when we were coming back. And so um, those hand warmers, absolutely essential to to life, basically. You know what though? I would say the other thing that's essential to life is things like this at the moment when, when you know, the morale in the country at the moment is absolutely doggo. No, people are having a bad time and things mm. like the marathon, watching you on that was like, God, we need this at the moment. Oh, do you feel that when you're totally, doing it? Totally, yes. I felt, I mean, for, professionally, we all felt, like wow, this is this is brilliant. This is what we do. This is what we love. But we also knew yeah. that the stories that we were bringing to people's homes about these wonderful people who were doing the marathon, who should have signed up, you know, should, did it and should have been doing it in April, and where they were raising money for and who they were. I watched the VTs the day before, and the reason I do that is not to be ultra professional. Obviously, I am Tom. Obviously, it's, that's yeah, it's, top of the list. Yeah, because I don't want to cry on air because I watch <sighs> these VTs, and inevitably I sit there in some hotel room just going, <laughs> I don't know what it is about this mostly. They've just got me really going, and so. Um, so um, about three years ago, I think it was Lois, my daughter said to me, God, your, your mum, you never get upset with any of those. I said, that's because I've watched them three times before. <laughs> I that just, is clever. Yeah, that is genius. By the time they go on there, I go, what, this this guy? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. With all that bad days, mate. So you are, are you a blubber? That's good to hear that you're a blubber. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I lo- What was I watching last night? That Oh, God. Rob Burrows, who's... Um, uh, a rugby league player who's got my oh, MND guy, yeah, yes, and Kenny's mate from Scotland who's done loads of stuff with um, Doddy Weir, mm. who's got MND, and uh, is and so that that is just you know, heart, it's such a horrible, horrible disease, and mm. and when it when it affects kind of young people and young sporty people, I don't know, it just seems even more paradoxical, doesn't it? That you've got this within six months, everything that you you had is is gone, you know, physically mm. and and so. Yeah, just um it's it's uh, one of my I was um presenting on Radio Wales and uh we interviewed a guy who who's got MND and um he was a 
ice hockey player played for mm-hmm. Cardiff Devils I think and oh, yeah. uh, he came on and similar thing I had no prep as well Gabby I wish I could have watched the video before I did it I was live on air and he had his young kids with him who were the same age as my kids and I was just in bits it was yeah. so so hard to do it's, so hard to do it's, it is a horrible horrible disease it is it really mm. is it really is um, okay so that lockdown time we're in 2020 now mm. okay it all gets a bit interesting you. now, doesn't it? All the- <laughs> it just goes crazy. It just goes crazy. I've now got, right, just to let the listener in on this, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I've got about 30 windows open, right, on my desktop at the moment. Full, all jam-packed with stuff, right? So I'm just going to start shouting things at you, okay? And it f- feel free to let me know. For example, um, 24th of June, 2020, Gabby, uh, Gabby Logan, put some bunting. Yeah, let's get some bunting out. Uh, <laughs> Why? Oh Please? Why did I buy bunting? What does a bunting... Oh, I know why. I know why I bought bunting. So um, what colour is... Is that multicoloured bunting? Multicoloured bunting, yeah. yep. So um, I bought this pack of reusable um, decorations, right? Because my goddaughter was going to turn 17 in lockdown. And okay. I was hoping that when the things were relaxed, we could we could give her a little kind of barbecue in the garden, right? Um, which we eventually did, right? Later later in the in the summer when it was allowed, um, everything was multicolored, so it was like rainbow. The whole thing was rainbow, and Amazing. she's very funny. And she walked in, and she went. Is this my coming out party? <laughs> <laughs> In which case, someone should really have told me. Yeah, it's all about the bunting. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, who knew it was a useful thing to have? We've got one uh, bit of bunting that says "Happy Birthday," and it's it comes out what four times a year for all of us in the house. Actually, five, including the dog, and it's getting more and more sort of Dogged. weathered and miserable. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it started off uh, when you read it in your head. It said "Happy Birthday," and now six years later, you read it and it's like hip, "Hippie Both Day." It's, just, it's very <laughs> time sad. for some more. Exactly. Um, okay, good. So a little bit of bunting there. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, we have got a double airbed, inflatable uh, camping beds. Again, uh, it's in the middle of lockdown, this 22nd of June. Camping so beds. So end of July. Um, oh, actually, I know why I bought those then. Um, this sounds a bit flash, but we don't live in the middle of a city. We've got a swimming pool. And um, I had seen a friend uh, use those as lilos. Um, and, and also you can obviously use them as camping beds as well. Uh, so yeah, they were, they were well used this summer. <laughs> With, did uh, they work as, did they work oh, as lilas then? Can you, you can, them well, the- you can actually lie on it and actually read a book. And even if a child tries to jump on you, they're rock solid. They, they you've really got to go some to throw somebody off <laughs> one. So I, I read, I read like a whole book one day and didn't even get wet, but you know, there was no, um, yeah, they were, they were the best investment of the summer, I'd say. That is so good. This has become such a podcast for VIPs now. Okay, guys, listen. <laughs> When you're in the pool, can I just recommend a really great lilo? Yeah, thanks. thanks. It, had, um, it had a kind of frogs in it when we moved into the house. We had to do a lot of work to turn it back into a pool. Nice. But um, I have to say, this summer with no holiday, we were very, wow. we were incredibly popular. I felt like I made lots more friends this summer. There was, <laughs> there was a lot of, there were a lot of people. At one point, I had like 14 teenagers, and I said to my son, Ruben, I'm pretty sure this is against government guidelines. Yeah, he was yeah. like, they're all outside. And I, yeah, but I'm uh, uh, not sure. Can you get this some of them This is pre-rule of six. No, I'm on Ruben's side. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. And I'm on my way. That's the important thing. Um, here's a good one. Eyebrow, uh, eyebrow dye kit. Well, I didn't realise that my eyebrows weren't as dark. It was obviously, you know, kind of through the, um, I go for the odd facial and she obviously tints my eyebrows. And then suddenly through lockdown, I'm going, where have my eyebrows gone? <laughs> so, um, so I thought I'll do it on my own at home because we couldn't go to beauty 
musicians, obviously, um, yeah. which is a bit risky, isn't it, when you're on telly? I mean, it could have all gone badly wrong, but it was all right, actually. Yes. It was quite easy. Yes. I was quite, it was quite good. I quite liked it. So I'm yeah. you know, going to keep doing it myself. I mean, why, why pay for somebody else to do it when you can do it yourself? Well, <laughs> why the give thing, them a job? All, <laughs> all these eyebrow people are out of business now. This yeah, sorry. No, I, will still go, I will still go to my eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's now, next time they see you on TV, they're going to be examining your eyebrows. <laughs> lovely, lovely tint there. DIY. Yeah, that's what, yes, that's what Logan does. That's how she rolls. She does it while she's lying on the lilo on the, uh, on the pool. <laughs> yeah, that's what she does. Um, okay, all right, come on. Let's, we're going to run out of time very soon. Lots of masks being bought. Oh, lovely. Look at this men's Hawaiian shirt. So Reuben decided um, when it was their birthday, end of July, they wanted a barbecue with their friends in the garden and um, that uh, he wanted the boys to all wear suits. I don't know what that was all about. And then they changed their mind. They were all going to wear suits with Hawaiian shirts underneath. Um, so I had to invest in a Hawaiian shirt. And I, do you know what? Actually, it's still in his wardrobe. And you know it's going to get used again through his teenage years, don't you? The, the yeah. Hawaiian shirt will come into its own at some point. But um, it was a weird dress. And then he decided to wear a flat cap with it. Don't ask me. Um, wow. Yeah. So there was, I think he was going through a kind of like trying to find his style phase in the summer. That's what all the kids are doing. And as That's a parent, you've just got to go with it, haven't you? You can't, you know, you have, at some point you relinquish control on what they wear. And you just yes. cross your fingers and hope <laughs> and pray. Good luck. Just sort of thing. Does bullying still happen? I really hope it doesn't still happen. Please, well, God, can Ruben, it Well, Ruben is six foot five and weighs 100 kilos. He plays rugby. So I never worry too much about that with him. Six foot five. <laughs> I mean, there is psychological be. bullying that can happen, but in terms of, you know, handling himself, now, I think he's all right. Listen, so when Ruben is playing for his, his national country, obviously <laughs> there's no way he can play for England. Is it, but is it going to be Scotland or is it going to be Wales? He would tell you since he's about the age of three that he's... Scottish and um, and so I used to sit there watching Six Nations matches with him and Lois when Scotland were being hammered by Wales saying it's not too late to move to this end of the sofa um, but they were um, but they were very much uh, a um, yeah they, their dads indoctrinated them I think it must be all the Scotland shirts that he pulls out you know when I yeah. was a lad um, he said he doesn't say yeah. that accent because that would mean he was from somewhere in East Yorkshire but, um, yeah so he was uh, it, but who, that's a long way off he enjoys it but at the moment sadly there's no compensation rugby for their age group, which is just awful. You can, oh, because he's too old now, is he? Because he can do it when they're younger, No, I think. no, no, not that. Oh, can they? No, he's, he can train and they can play yeah. touch, but they can't do full contact, which is... Eesh. And when you've been doing contact for five years, it's very hard, isn't it, to go back kind of thing, so... Well, for me, as soon as the contact comes out of rugby, I'm suddenly back on board again. <laughs> I'm, I was a big fan of the touch rugby. Loved that. With a little tackling, I was like, no, get away from me. Um, okay, final thing. Gabby Logan, my goodness, I've absolutely loved talking to you. Thank you for doing this. It's been such a pleasure. Um, uh, but I, you're, I know what you're going to do now. You're going to say, you're going to blame this on someone else. Okay. Uh, two sets... Two sets of the My Smile teeth whitening kit. I am like, going to blame oh, it on somebody else, actually. Oh, I knew she'd do this. My um, goddaughter's sisters are twin sisters, and they were 16 yeah. at the end of August. And that was on there. They sent me a list because I, I I prefer kids to actually send me a list. What do you want? Rather than, me, rather than me buy you what I think you want, you tell me what you want. And they wrote the most mm -hmm. brilliant list. They're very clever girls, and they were hilarious, these lists. They had um, such diverse things on them, including teeth whitening kits and they put in brackets just from Amazon like they, as if I was going to go to some top orthodontist on Harley Street and um, and so yeah I brought, I brought them then crossed my fingers and hoped that their gums were still intact at the end of it um, yeah. and they've got lovely smiles so it's obviously working and then my daughter saw it and she went 
why are you buying that for them and not for me? And I said, let's play. I want to know if they work. I really want to know if they because they look, this is the infrared thing where you just sort of stick them in and you walk yeah. around for a bit. I didn't know you could get them on Amazon until they told me. I thought you had to go to a dentist to get them. It's like, you know, kind of, you know, when you hear people mm. doing backstreet Botox and backstreet kind of like pro, you know, procedures, it felt a bit yeah. like that. Like I was buying something that really was quite medical off the yes. internet. So, um, so yeah. So as of yet, that you know, neither of them have got kind of blisters on their gums. <laughs> so that's which is that's, great. That's a great um, Listen, yeah. if I could, I'd write a review. Didn't give me blisters on my can still, on my gums. Can still taste most foods. Um, <laughs> Didn't did not buy them from a Thai pharmacy. All fine. All fine. I have got um, a gum shield, but I always forget to. Um, whenever I go to the dentist, I go, "Oh yeah, you must give me some tea," and I forget to put it in. So I'm not very yeah. good at stuff like that. Reminds me of school. I had a gum shield because I was I was grinding my teeth, and I got one made for me. Apparently, we're all and grinding it's... our teeth now, Tom. Lockdown. Dentists have reported that since they've reopened and people are going in for their checkups, we're all grinding our teeth. Apparently, is that right? Yeah, is we're going to all right? walk around in about 2022. We'll have these little stumps. <laughs> yeah, lockdown. Lockdown teeth. It was a terrible lockdown for me. <laughs> um, listen, Gabby, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you. And I tell you what, what a fascinating purchase history. Um, <laughs> really. I, uh, I loved it. Absolutely <gasps> loved it. This has been this has been dreamy. I, you know, we haven't talked about all the light bulbs you bought in 2020. You know, I chose not to do that. I thought maybe. maybe By the way, what? I took that in my own under my own steam, right? Because I, I noticed a few light bulbs were going, and I was wrong on nearly all of them. So we still have all those light bulbs, and Kenny had to go to a local <laughs> shop and buy the correct light bulb. So I am now well out of light bulb job territory. There's no more light so bulb buying for me. If anyone's looking for uh, egg packaging and light bulbs, you've been forget stockpiling. Bog roll. The Logans have got loads yeah, of. Light you didn't bulbs. see any bog roll on my Amazon, did you? Hey? No. No. Well, we Do you know what? This, that's been one of the most interesting things. The number of people we had someone on two weeks ago who bought like forty-eight bits of bog roll in June, and I was like, "You scum! You <laughs> scum! Order! Order!" Um, listen, Gabby. Lovely uh, to talk to you. Thank you. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for being my mate, bought a toaster, and um, yeah, listen. I'm, this is not age-related. I'm going to call it national treasure. Okay, I've done it. Got it. It's <laughs> I'll take that. See you later. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. Take Cheers. Care. Bye. 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 The wonderful Gabby Logan. That is the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, rate and review and subscribe and all the bits and bobs. Give us a follow on Twitter. Come on, there's a lot of admin of being a, a toaster listener. You've got to do all the things. And uh, I'll see you next week. Cheers. Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. Questions. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.